we can harvest it. Praise God. Glory to the name of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. All right. Where is the one? Which one? Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can hear me well? All right. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 I don't want to be loud. So you'll edit this first part. We'll go straight into the teaching. What is happening with those brothers there and sisters? Are you feeling good that uh, you are crossing over? You know, it's such a special thing to cross over the year. There are those who will wish to be here, but they were not able to make it. But by his grace and for his glory, we are here, right? Thomas and Elliot and Were and my sweetheart, Pastor Leon and Frank, Sister Christy, and all our brethren all over where they are. Um, know they are all well in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Today the mic is working well. Eh? The battery. I'm saying it's working well. I've turned it a bit down so that I don't shout. So you can hear me clearly. Or we take it low. You can hear me well? Or we take it low? L no, 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 I don't. In fact, I want to. The base is too. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Frank, you'll help me here, I'm telling you. God bless you. Next year we can buy more mics. But before you, you transition, I'm sure at least you have your mic here. Mic or mics, choir people. So we can continue to wait for our sister. So let me share with you the word of the year that I'm going to teach you first, then we'll go home. And uh, I'm so excited about this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Revelation 1. You have Bible? You can check yours. Revelation 1, 5 to 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you there? Are you there? Revelation 1, 5 to 6. Everything I'm going to share with you today is what you will run with for the rest of the year. So I want you to take it very 
seriously and put to work. Those who are blessed are those who hear and do the word. Amen. Well, let's start from verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth and to him that loved us, hallelujah, and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 6, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. First Peter 2, 9. First Peter 2, 9. First Peter 2, 9. And the Bible says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That means a king who is a priest. A king priest. A holy nation. That means you're holy. A peculiar people. Peculiar people meaning you're special. That you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The Amplified says you should set forth his wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections. So God expects you to display his perfection. Are we together? He expects you to display his perfection. He, ex he, he expects you to set forth his wonderful deeds. It must be displayed and demonstrated. Hallelujah. So you become the channel through which God displays his perfection. His excellence, his glory, his beauty is expressed through you. His purpose, that's actually Christianity, his purposes are expressed through you. His will, his power, his ability, his grace, oh glory to God, expressed through you. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ forevermore. So we have established we are kings and priests. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. So I'm going to, what does a priest do? What does a priest do? Maybe we can see what a priest does in Hebrews chapter number 5. Hebrews 5, verse 1. For every high priest, Hebrews 5, verse 1. Are you there? For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. So a priest offers gifts and sacrifices. He offers gifts and sacrifices. The word gift there, in one place it is translated as offering. 
but in most places it is translated as gift. Glory to God. And then we have sacrifice, which talks about is the Greek word thesia, which means the act or the victim of, you know, when you take a lamb, for example, when you say, this is my sacrifice. Sacrifice can be the verb. Sacrifice. Sacrifice is a verb. The victim is the noun, is what you're giving, what you're offering. Is it interesting? It is considered as a victim, meaning there's a loss of some kind, meaning it will be felt. Are we together? Something will be felt. It is, it, it is actually a victim of the act. So the sacrifice is a victim. Sacrifice is the act of giving away the victim. And the word victim there will not be used if there was no loss. In certain terms, it is considered that the person loses in quotes, but really, you don't really lose when you give, when you offer sacrifices, whether your life, whether your worship, whether your offerings, whatever the case may be. Amen. Praise the Lord. So a priest offers sacrifices and gifts. Sacrifices and gifts. And our, our gifts, what we offer as a sacrifice is in several categories that I like to categorize into three. The first thing we offer is ourselves. We offer ourselves. Let's go to Second Corinthians eight. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians eight. Verse one. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Maybe I should read this to you in the Passion Translation. All right? Next year you will enjoy it, I'm telling you. If you just do what the Lord is telling us. You will enjoy it. Beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. We're using the Passion Translation, but you can follow with yours. For even during a season of severe difficulty, do you see that? Tremendous suffering and extreme poverty, their superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. So they were in poverty. They were in need, but they still gave. You understand? They still gave. Physically, that is. For I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. That is what sacrifice is. They went beyond what they could afford. These are people in need and lack. But they're being praised here because they went even though the, their need was not allowed to hinder their seed. You know your need can hinder your seed. I've told you before, I've told you, put the seed before the need. Always. But we'll learn more as we go on. I'm, I'm going somewhere here. He says, they actually begged us for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. 
they exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord and then to us according to God's pleasure. So they first gave themselves. Hallelujah. The King James puts it this way in verse 5. The King James says, and this they did, not as you hoped, but first they gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us. They gave themselves. They gave themselves first. Before they gave anything, they gave, now that explains why they were able to give the way they were giving. Why? Because they had given themselves. So if they've given themselves, even what they owned belonged to the one they have given themselves unto. Who is the Lord? Are we together? So there's such a thing as offering yourself. Many time, times you hear Paul say, a bond servant of God, a slave of Christ. Why? Because he has given himself. He has offered himself. Hallelujah. Christ died for you so that you should not any longer live for yourself, but for him. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. Verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why are they saying living sacrifice? Because ordinarily, sacrifice involves death. But saying now a living sacrifice. But you know, before you offer your, your bodies a living sacrifice, you have to first die. By accepting the Lord. If you accept what the Lord did for you, it is recorded that you died in him, you are buried in him, and you resurrected with him, you ascended with him, and you are seated in him and with him. So he did it on your place. So in God's eyes, you too did it. Hallelujah. So he says, you offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I'm going to read for you several versions. Let's start with the Passion Translation. Chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender ourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. That's the work of a priest. To be his sacred living, sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness. So you see, upright living is a sacrifice. Let's go on. He says, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine or true expression of worship. It's your genuine expression of worship. When you present your bodies to live upright. So living uprightly. Living a holy life. Because you're already holy because God lives in you. And you relying on that grace. Because the grace of God is the one that teaches you to say no to sin. Human effort cannot help you. Paul even said, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. He says, who, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But when you rely on the grace of God, which you activate by your priesthood in your times of fellowship, in, when you press into God, when you follow his will, when you do his word, when you are there spending time with him, the grace is activated to kill the dictates of the flesh, to kill the appetites. Because the appetite is high because your flesh has not been given an alternate experience by the spirit. 
That is why he's likened to wine. He says, therefore, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled, be ye intoxicated by the Holy Ghost to the point of being controlled, animated, led by the Spirit. Do you see that? So your, your, your flesh seeks gratification, but it can be kept under. It can be subdued. It can be made a slave. It can be given an experience. The life of God, by his grace, can flow and, and impact your physical body. It can. The life of God can flow into your soul and, and get rid of desires and dethrone things that cause you to fall into sin. That's why Jesus Christ said, pray that you enter not into temptation. He didn't say, close your eyes and, 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 and contort your face and swear you will not enter. No, 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 no. He says, pray. Because you, you will enter if you don't pray. And prayer is humility. Prayer is saying, I need God. Prayer is saying, I depend on you, God. So the more you yield to him, the more, by his grace, you overcome weakness. By his grace, you overcome sin. By his grace, you actually sin has already been defeated. But you, you are supposed to live above it. Bible says sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law. You are under what? Grace. So the powers of a sin is grace. Flowing in grace. And grace can be activated. Are you getting what I'm saying? And this can be put to practice. We will go into more, more of this in the coming weeks. I will show you how. Bible says by the spirit you put to death the desires of the flesh. You mortify. That word mortify comes from the word the mog. You get the word mog there. And mortician. You, put, you, you kill the desires of the flesh by the spirit, not by willpower. So you must activate the spirit. You must activate it in prayer, in service, in following God, in following his living. You must activate it as you fellowship with him. You activate that power. And that power is what now kills the desire. So you wake up one day, naturally the desire has disappeared. Why? Because you have been always activating it daily, spending time with him, engaging your priesthood. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why people struggle with sin, because they don't know this. I have put this to work, I know what I'm telling you. I have proven it. I cannot teach you what I've not done. Unless the Lord tells me to teach what I've not done. Because he can. He's Lord. But this one, I put it to work. I discovered one time the more I pray, I pray, I pray, even desire for food disappears. Desire for only things. I, I didn't like, I didn't want anything of the world. You almost felt like it was pollution. Because the spirit man has been activated. He's now dominating. He's now reigning. He's now influencing the soul by the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has taken over the soul. Now, you are full always of the Spirit. Because the Holy Ghost lives in you, right? But why does the Word of God tell you to continually be filled? The Holy Ghost is in your spirit. He's one with you. First Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You are one spirit when you're born again. You have been brought into union with God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet no longer I, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. He also says... In the Passion Translation, it says, the anointed one lives his life through me. That Galatians 2.20. Then it says, we live in union as one. So in your spirit, the Holy Ghost is there. But how, again, are you told 
whose spirit is one with the Holy Ghost, that man that you are in Christ, why are you being told to continually be filled with the Spirit? Because the infilling of the Spirit simply means the Holy Ghost now takes over your soul. Now, he comes and floods your soul now. And that is, you must do it. You must be the one to continually be filled. Amen. As you speak in tongues, you're filled. As you worship, you're filled. Hallelujah. As you give thanks, you're filled. As you serve God, oh, glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's what it means. He says, be continually filled. The, 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 the power of God, the spirit of God now takes over into your soul because he's always in your spirit, resident, one with you. There's one spirit in you. The fusion of your spirit and the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, joined into one. So you being filled, he's activated and takes over the soul. And now, because the soul is the one in charge of the outside world. Because any change to be effective, the change must come through the soul. Because the Bible says, be ye transformed, changed, metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind, which is the soul. So, if you want to see change, God can be in a man and his life is going down. Why? Because in his soul, there is no renewing. In his soul, there is, he has not developed his own soul. Because that John, he says, Beloved, I wish that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. As your soul prospers, you prosper. The primary thing that prospers in your soul is your mind. As your thinking prospers, as your thinking aligns with the word, what the word says, the, it begins to manifest in the outside. begins to become your reality, your experience. Why? Because now the spirit life, already all things are yours. Bible says in the book of Colossians, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are perfect in him. You lack nothing in him. It says in Peter, Peter says, he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Paul says, therefore let no man glory in another man, for all things are yours. All things are yours. And you are the seed of Abraham. Do you know God willed the world to Abraham? Meaning he willed the world to you through Christ. Amen. So you have all things. But where is the issue? The soul is not prospering. The soul is thinking wrong. That is where the enemy tries to get influence. That's where bitterness is sowed. Offense is sowed there. And forgiveness is sowed there. It's in the soul. And belief is there in the soul. Wrong thinking. Strongholds are there. Some of them. Some of them are there. There are mindsets, reasonings that are contrary to God's word. So a man who's born again is thinking poor. So his life must be poor. Yet, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the master of the universe, the supreme lord of all, Jesus Christ, lives in him by the Holy Ghost. Yet he's lacking. Hallelujah. You get what I'm saying? So he must take the word of God and renew his mind. Glory to God. Renew his mind. So here he says, beloved friends, Romans 12, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God. To be sacred, living sacrifices. And live in holiness. Do you see the goal of living upright? Do you see that? It is worship. When you live an upright life, you are actually living a life of true worship. Look at it. He's saying, this is your genuine expression 
of worship. Living upright. So worship is not only singing. It is offering yourself, offering your body, offering your faculties. You, you begin to live upright. And this you can't live outside of God. You must, the more you rely on him, the more easily you live it. You don't live it by saying, I'll live like, no, 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 no. You just spend time with God. As you look, you are changed. As you look, you are changed. As you look, your mind's renewed. All of a sudden, you used to be a bitter person. Bitterness wears off. You, you, you find yourself forgiving easily. Hallelujah. Some people used to struggle. I told you, I prayed until, oh boy. <laughs> I told you that I can tell you, but I'll tell you. The desire for things of the world disappeared. I was like, ha! Huh? Why? I was consistent. I just used to pray every day. Every day I spent time with God. Every day. My spirit man began to rule and reign. I lost desires for things of the world. I lost desires for things of the world. I did. And that's how you overcome. The master said, pray and you enter not into temptation. So if you don't pray, you must fall into temptation. Fellowship with God or you will fall into what? Temptation. The more your spirit man is activated through prayer, through fellowship, through meditation, through study, through serving, you find yourself that you are animated by the spirit because the way to walk in the spirit is first to be full of the spirit. Then you can easily follow the leading of the spirit and you can easily push to death the works and dictates of the flesh. So your focus is not trying, is not, it's not like the law. For example, the law says, thou shall not commit adultery, isn't it? So what could they do? They could do nothing. The law has told you what not to do. It has not told you what to do. Has the law told them what to do? Thou shall not. Can someone tell you, thou shall not step on the grass. So where do I step? You've not told me how to step. Do I fly? Do I jump? Do I somersault? Do I do acrobatics? So the law there was only there to show you that you have a problem. The, the law was like a mirror to show you where your problem is. That hey, you need a savior. Because every time there is thou shall not see, uh, commit adultery, the desire for adultery is produced. Have you noticed where they say don't step on the grass? Is where they step most. It's even called the ministry of death, the law. What is, what is the strength of sin? Every time the law is there, you want to do that thing that the law says don't do. So that's why the law is just showing you you have a problem. So it's like a mirror. But you cannot take the mirror and adjust your life. If you put lipstick on your forehead, you cannot take the mirror and you see the mirror, the lipstick on your forehead. You don't take the mirror and remove the lipstick. That is where the ministry of the law ended. So you need something that is not the mirror to now come and help you. That's where Christ came in. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so him, he came and washed you. Having, you having agreed that you have a problem and that you need a savior. So that all men will come to agreement. All men cannot be called sinners. <laughs> All men can need a savior. All men cannot come to the standards of God by themselves. That's what the law is telling you. Because the Bible says it was weak in that the doers of the law could not 
fulfill it. So the law itself is perfect, but the doers were what? Imperfect. So the, that's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that if the first covenant was sufficient, there will be no need of a new covenant and a better one. So the better one is not to come to deliver you and make you one with God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. So living an upright life is a genuine expression of worship. That's the, we've seen the work of a priest is to offer sacrifices. And that is actually considered worship. Amen. Sacrifices and gifts. That is considered worship. I'll show you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Then we'll go back there. Hebrews 13. Are you getting something? Hebrews 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. It's a sacrifice of what? Praise. The fruit of our lips. So what you call worship is a sacrifice. When you're singing, it's a sacrifice you're offering. If you lift up your hands, I showed you in the book of Psalms. It's a what? Sacrifice. Let the lifting up your hands be as the evening. Sacrifice. When you sing, you're offering the fruit of your lips. Glory to God forevermore. Let me read for you this in the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. You're getting. Ask your neighbor, are you getting what Pastor is saying? I know you're excited to cross the air, but you better cross the air with the word. Amen. Hebrews 13, 15. So we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips as we celebrate his name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So every time you're singing to the Lord, offering him praise, thanks, worship, praise, singing, singing, uh, speaking words of adoration, of honor, or glory, of thanksgiving to him, you are offering a sacrifice. You are actually functioning in your priesthood. Hallelujah. First Peter 2.5 First Peter 2.5 Ye also as lively stones. First Peter 2.5. Are you there? You can look into a Bible on your neighbor. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to who? To God. By who? By Jesus Christ. So you are built up a holy priesthood. He's showing you the work of a priest. To do what? To offer. That's why you're a priest. It is in the following verses that now calls you, you are a royal what? Priesthood. Glory to God. He says, you, as lively stone, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Say, I'm a holy priesthood. I'm a king priest. He says, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. That is your work. We've seen the first sacrifice you offer is what? Yourself. 
by giving yourself and living upright for him. That means your will is submitted to his will. That means you, your, your opinions are subject to his. Because God doesn't really have opinions. He has laws. His truth. What he says is truth. is law. That means if God says you turn right, you don't turn left. Even though left looks nice. You will see why this is very important. That's why you are a priest. And I told you, the effectiveness of your kingship is dependent on the effectiveness of your priesthood. That is why it is difficult for people to go and dominate the outside world because their priesthood is lacking. They struggle so hard outside. Dominion is supposed to be easy. What did David say? When they had come and taken the women and children. And he asked. He asked. He wanted to consult the Lord. And he asked, shall I pursue and recover all? Shall I, shall I go? Someone, can I ask you a question? If you're walking in town and someone, God forbid, comes and snatches your phone, do you, do you stand and say, shall I pursue him? Or shall I stand? Do you begin to consult God? Because to you it is obvious, isn't it? What if God doesn't want you to run after him? He wants you to leave it for him to be arrested. That in your running after you will fall and injure your leg. It's a reflex. So this man has come with the men of Israel. They have come. They have found that their women and children have been taken. If you're, if, if you're married there, you understand what I'm saying. How can your wife be taken and your children? And you're there asking God if you shall pursue. Pastor Leon, will you be asking whether you should pursue and recover your wife? You can't ask. He says, ah, oh yeah, they're even hurrying. David was a man. He knew you can't win a battle unless it is first won by God. Understand what priesthood is. You don't just go and say, you know what, ah, I'm taking over. You can take over in a business that God has not even sanctioned. You can start a business that God has never told you to start, and that is a failure of that business, because it is, it is not established on priesthood first. And no matter how much you confess, I dominate and dominate, you're dominating the wrong thing, and it will cause failure for nothing. So you first offer yourself. Everything about you must be offered unto God. You offer yourself first. You live upright. You're living upright. Is a what? A living is a sacrifice. That's part of your priesthood. You're living upright. Then I've shown you in the book of Hebrews 13, your praise, your worship is what? Hallelujah. Praise God. Is a what? Sacrifice. That's your priesthood seal. So, apart from living uprightly, as you sing to the Lord, as you, as you spend time in prayer, as you fellowship with God, that's your priesthood. Hallelujah. Even as you intercede, because the priest is ordained from men. He's taken from men. He's like a bridge between God and man. So, even as you pray in intercession, you are exercising your what? priesthood. As you pray for your family, you're saying what? Priesthood. As you spend time with God, as you worship him, as you thank him, that is part of what? Priesthood. That's part of your sacrifice. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know you're getting. That's priesthood. And the work of a priest, you see, is to offer gifts and what? Sacrifices. 
and you, you see that you're a king and a priest. You're not only a king, you're also a what? A priest. And he says, as a holy priesthood, offer spiritual what? Sacrifices. Spiritual what? Sacrifices. So it is all, that, that is the basis of a priest. Gifts and sacrifices. Whether by his living, by his thinking, by his words. So, by offering himself and living upright, that's it. Number two, by praising, worshipping, praying, interceding, fellowshiping with God, that's also priesthood. That's also a sacrifice. Amen. As he worships God, as he sings praises, the fruits of his lips, as he, as he lifts up his hands, as he thanks God, as he honors God with his words, as he sings uh, praises to his name, all that is priesthood. That's a sacrifice. It's received as a what? Sacrifice. Because now, it is no longer needed that the sacrifice of blood be given. So that's number two. Apart from living, offering yourself and living upright. Is your prayer, intercession, fellowship, singing, praising, lifting up your hands, thanking him, worshiping him, speaking words of honor and adoration. That's why I tell you, lift up your hands and thank God. You're offering a sacrifice. There, you're a priest. Your dominion is happening outside the church, isn't it? Why are you coming to dominate here? Here you come to size what? Priesthood. We don't want you to come and build a supermarket here. We don't need it here. We need it outside. We don't want to come and find a corner. So that I begin to do as the Lord did. And take out a whip. Turned. You've turned the Lord's house into a den of what? Thieves. You call them thieves because they're doing business inside. But this is not where you exercise dominion. Not inside here. Go outside. We don't need, need your salon here. We, uh, do you say, because I get close to the anointing. You are a priest. I want to put the salon here. Every day you're here. I'll come and collect you. And we'll wrap you properly and package you. And send you to your house. <laughs> so I will not do that. You need to dominate outside. So you want to be effective. And this is not the only place you come and exercise priesthood. Even in your personal work with God in your house and all that. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> the teaching of the word is what enables you to grow. I would say, desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. Also says that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance amongst all them that are what? Word of God is called bread. So it, you, you, you need to submit yourself to teaching. That is why this year you cannot only listen to teachings once. What you preach like this one, you must listen to it the whole week for it to enter. You must hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear, and hear until it becomes your thinking. Until this is the way you think. Because many people believe that God can do something, right? They know that God can heal, but how come they are sick? They have not yet believed enough. Or there is a hindrance. But if the word of God enters, I would say you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Your work is to know the truth. The truth's work is to make you free. The day you know something, manifestation comes. You manifest according to your light. Amen. The entrance of God's word brings what? Light. Light comes. Light comes to you. That's why you must love your Bible. Become a student of the word. Leave all these things on. Wasting time on social media.
don't need it. Hallelujah. There's no award for most hours. Unless it is your business. Unless then we say you're dominating. Amen. If it's not included in your work, you know that those who do business, social media and all that, that you can do. But if it is too idle, you don't need. Once in a while you're there, you leave. Hallelujah. Praise God. Say, I'm getting it. I'm understanding. Hallelujah. Let's go to Proverbs 15. Verse 8. Verse 15. Verse 8. It says what? The sacrifice of the wicked is a what? An abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. Why is, his, is the prayer mentioned in the same breath as the sacrifice of the wicked? Mother of Samuel used to serve God with prayers. And she was fasting too. Let me show you someone here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, I'm getting it. No, no, no. It is this lady here. In Luke chapter 2. Anna. Not Hannah, Anna. <laughs> In Luke chapter 2, verse 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. She's the one I was mentioning. Not the other one I was mentioning. A prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years, that is 84, which departed not from the temple, but served God. With what? Fastings and prayers. Night and day. You can serve God with fastings and what? Prayer. That was worship. She, she was serving God, right? That is worship. Hallelujah. So the first one is what? Huh? You offer yourself, you live uprightly. Number two, praise and worship and prayer and intercession. Lifting up of your hands. Thanksgiving. Fellowship with the Father as a priest. That is your work. Fellowship with the Father. Amen. Who is to enter the most holy place? It is the priest. Now, the curtain was split into two when Christ died on the cross so that all of you have, have access, all of you are priests, you can enter. To do what? To fellowship with God. Then you can come and bring God's agenda to your world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The third thing is in your giving. Philippians 4, verse 18. Philippians 4, verse 18. 
The Bible says, I have all and abound. Philippians 4 verse 18. Paul is saying, I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an order of a sweet smell, a what? A sacrifice. Acceptable. Well-pleasing to God. Who are they giving to? Who are they giving to? Let's read together <laughs> that verse. One, two, three, go. Just read, read. I cannot hear you people. Let me read for you again. You must enter this year strong. Why is your voice reduced? Because of, it's because of giving. I'll preach it more. He says, I have all and abound. I am full. Having received, who was talking? Paul, he has received of Epaphroditus the things which were given, which were sent from you, the Philippian church. So they sent gifts to Paul. Then he's saying, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. He's only received it, but God also received it. It was called, called a sacrifice. They sent him gifts. So your giving is a sacrifice. You can't be a priest and you don't give. Because giving is worship. Touch your neighbor say, neighbor, did you know that giving is worship? Then look at the next verse. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in what? So that scripture is only quoted by those who have given to God's work. Either to his servants, to the ministry, or in obedience to what God has told them where to give. Are you together? Then they can quote. You can't be eating all your money and say, my God shall supply. You are your own supply. You better believe what I'm telling you today. Where? If you eat everything, you're your own supply. Paul has the audacity to say that I've received your gifts. Maybe he was even eating it. Maybe they sent him some money. He bought grapes. He was chewing it. I was writing. I've received these gifts. I'm well pleasing to God. And he's not eating the grapes. <laughs> because he was receiving it on behalf of God. If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says that here men that die receive tithes. They may receive. But there it is received by Jesus Christ. Of whom it is witness that he lives. So giving is not contribution. That one, that mindset has been has died in Jesus' name. A natural day, a natural one, properly. We have buried it by the way. We put there's no even cross, no even need to mark it. It is gone. That we are contributing to contribute to God. Jehovah who gave you what to give. He wants you to use what you have to worship him. Because that's what we started by saying you first offer yourself. That means everything you own is his. So there's nothing he cannot take from you. He can he can ask you, Oga. Give me this, your shirt. You come and take it to him. He can tell you, give beggar food. You give him. Don't say it's my last meal. Are you God? Some people have, Bible says, be careful to entertain strangers because some have entertained angels unawares. And a stranger can come to you and beg you for food and he's an angel. Angel Meko can come, ask you for food. Now, unyime angel Meko. Unyime angel Meko. God forbid. You deny angel Meko food, you'll be amazed. They were trying to come so that you can fulfill a principle, so that they can activate something. They do not violate laws. 
listen. This thing of always praying for money is not, see, the first thing in, 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 in prospering is fast your thinking. Then giving. It's not prayer fast. In the economy of God, giving must be there. But man, growing in this realm, has been trained to look for his needs first. And then God comes and says, no, you will take care of mine first. Matthew 6, 33 says what? Seek ye first. He didn't say seek ye as an alternative. Seek ye after you have, have, have sought your own. Then you can seek whose? Mine. No. He says seek ye first my kingdom. And it's what? Righteousness. And all these things that you now want shall be added. That is the law that cannot be broken. You first take your visa, take your yours. Full stop. Many years, not many years, just a few years ago, the Lord was teaching me. He told me, if people want children, they know what to do. They don't pray. Do people pray to have children? Unless there's an issue, they pray. But naturally, there is a law. You, you know the law of sit time and what? Why are you looking at me like that? Don't you know what I'm saying? Brethren, we're finishing the year strong. Amen. Genesis chapter 8. See, I'm looking around. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Genesis 8, 22. While the earth remains... Eh? I want you to read it. Please. And when I tell you to read, read with gusto. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cold and what? Uh-huh. Yes. Day and night shall not cease. committee. Mtume emissaries wongea na jua, jua toke. Shefana hivyo. Day and night must be. It is a law. So, seed time and harvest is a law, whether you like it or not. That's why the word of God is a seed. The soil sows the what? The word. And depending on where it is, it is sown. Some of it was choked. Some of it fell on solid ground, blah, blah, blah. Then it produces 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Christ was a seed. God sowed him. He sowed himself as a seed. He died. Then, he reproduced a harvest of many Christs, you and I. Leo Kitaka Maindi. I'm sure you don't go to your land and have Kesha. Maze, maze, maze. Maze now. Do you do that where? Maze. Mabba JP, do you do maze? Maze all over. No. You take the seed and sow it. And there are no seeds falling down from heaven. Have you, have you discovered that what God spoke to the plants, they know. The animals, they know. Even you, you know. When you say, I want to have children, you know what to do. Glory to God. So why is it that when it comes to money now, you start to act confused? Your money must be also as a seed. You sow it, you reap a harvest. Full stop. If you want to plant on this size of field, no problem. Plant here, this is why it will grow. If you can't plant here, then it grows there. You understand? It will grow from here. And there's also, you can be given a maize cob, you eat all of it. Don't worry. Don't worry. 
you will pray for the next maze cop. No, it's true. These are things I, 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 I have to teach you. Naturally, I'm usually very lenient in this area. This coming year, I will not be lenient. I have to, I have to train you. So that you don't accuse me. Pastor is just getting rich. We are not. You must also get rich. It's a law. They usually tell you invest. Investing is what? So is a seed. That's an is a seed. And then it produces a harvest. It, it's simple. That's why whether believer or unbeliever, you put that law to work, it will work. Because as long as the earth remains, so whoever is in the earth is connected to this ground, these laws must apply. And believer and unbeliever, that's my joy, Mugonge. Vua, usiku, summer, winter. Snow is Unless we are talking about a sign on a wonder. Naturally, it will rain. Snow will come. So, sit time and house must be there. Let me show you another. Glory to God. You know, many people, they, they like to trivialize it. Trivialize giving. And that's why you see the enemy has attacked this message. Doesn't want you to know that this is actually worship. Your offering is a what? Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. Why is he saying honor him? So it's not contribution. As you give to him, or where what he has told you to do to release, you are honoring him. And with the first fruit of all your increase. He says, honor the Lord. It's about honor, it's about worship here. Let me show you something here. Ecclesiastes. When was the last time you opened that? That thing. Chapter 11, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the many, upon the waters, right? For you shall find it after many. So it means your bread is not lost. You will find it. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For you know it's not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. If the tree fall toward the south or toward the north in the place where the tree falleth, there shall it be. He that observes the wind shall not sow. He that observes the economic situation shall not give. He that observes the wind, you say, Pastor, you know I have needs. This is why you will not give. Because you're observing the wind. And remember what observing the wind led to what happened to Peter. He sank. Instead of continuing with the word that has already been sown in him, come. So if you observe the wind, you shall not do what? If you regard the clouds, you shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, Know how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. The seed that is growing in the womb is growing. You don't know how that works in detail. Next verse. In the morning, sow your what? In the evening, withhold not. So he's sowing every time. You don't say, Pastor, I sowed last year. I'm waiting for harvest. You wait. And you will come. Sit time and harvest is back to back. Sit time, harvest. Sit time, harvest. Because day and night is back to. There's no day. They will say, I have shined so bright today. I'm not coming tomorrow. To Patani Uko February. 
Because such things before in your life. Joe may say, I'm February. You can't give them to It is back to back. No sooner I shut okay. No sooner I shut okay. The same way. You sow back to back. You harvest. You sow. So you're going to always be in between sowing and harvesting. The challenge is, the beautiful challenge is that the harvest is always bigger than the seed. So you'll come to a place where your harvest overwhelms you. You don't even. Now your challenge becomes now, where do I take this thing? Bible says that your barns may be filled with plenty and your precious may burst forth. It is too full to be contained with new wine. This is the law. Now, Jeremiah said, Neighbor, Umeshi come out on the land. For thou knowest not, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall both be alike good. You don't know which seed will produce when. You don't know. Keep sowing. It's a lifestyle. You see, this, this is the challenge. Anyway, I'll be teaching you this thing. But this is your act of worship. You saw. I saw the today. Can you imagine today I saw today? This this day I saw today. This this day. I don't wait and say, oh God. No, no, no. And I don't consider the wind. Neither do I consider the... I, my work is to sow back to back. I'm in between harvest. And so, that's, that's how I live. Every money that comes, I put some aside. Whatever you want to do, some of you invest in all those things, you, sh- you should do it. You save some. But before that, you give to God first. God and government, who is bigger? Does the government give you money then tell you to pay tax? They are here. They are here. The tax people. She is here. They know you before it lands. Your tax doesn't even know how your account looks like. Your tax in a Nikama, when a plane wants to land, then the winds are bad. Come and take off. So your tax in Nikama may enter. Then you begin to ask God, should I tithe gross or net? Do you tax gross or net? I'm a Nimenda Sana. Do, do you tithe gross or net? If, if the government taxes you gross so that it can become net, so God is lower than government, now what remains what you say? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Let me read for you. Because the way you're looking at me. You must give. That one is a must. Let me see if you can get a version that can that can encourage us. As I feel, I tell you, have I told you the word there? No, we are coming there. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. Be generous, invest, invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. This is the message translation. Ecclesiastes 11 1, what we just read. Don't hold your goods. Touch your neighbor. Stop being stingy. He says, spread them around. Do what? Be a blessing to others. This could be your last night. It will not be my last night in Jesus' name. When the clouds are full of water, it rains. When the wind blows down a tree, it lies where it falls. Don't sit there watching the wind. Do your own work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. Let's jump to verse 6. This one is saying go to work in the morning. What does this one say? Hallelujah. NLT, verse 6. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon. For 
You don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Say amasoa. Say amasoa. Hallelujah. What you need is grace. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may be thoroughly furnished unto good works. Every good work and charitable donation, you require no aid. Second Corinthians 9.10 Second Corinthians 9.10 Mandezi katolo boshita katalaba Oh, glory to God. So have you seen? Don't observe the winter. So don't say, Pastor, the economy is bad. You so you will, it will get to us now. The economy was bad for the widow of Zarephath. It was even bad. It was his last meal. At least you, it's something you can do. You can go and pass by and, 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 and chuna mapera sami and avocado. There was nothing. She was collecting sticks. To tell you even firewood was not even enough. Why there's no fire to cook the food? Where, where would the food be found? <laughs> Are we together? You must prosper this coming year, I'm telling you. Second Corinthians 19. It is worship. Giving is worship. And I'll teach you how to give. I'll teach you how you do it. You don't give God change. God, God is not anyone's mate. No, you plan for it before you come. If you're not planned, you ask him there, what should I give? Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 9. I've said verse what? Verse 10. Okay. Let's start from verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower in the Aramaic, this means a one who sows with the stores of seed that is remaining. This describes a farmer who is stingy with his sowing. Since he has a stores of seed, he can afford to sow liberally, but he doesn't. So you give according to what you have. Amen. Don't steal to give in Jesus' name. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart. You see why it is worship? From your heart. Not from a sense of religious duty. You don't just give because it is, it is religious. People collect offering. There's bag passing. Then he says, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. How your face looks like during offering time tells us whether it is coming from your heart. Or God has snatched it from your mouth before you eat it. All because you, God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Glory to God. So that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way. This is possible. This is what I always desire. I want to have more than enough for everything in every way, in every moment. You want to get something, you buy it. You don't enter there by hard work. You enter there by the blessing. For the blessing of the Lord make it rich. And no amount of toiling and hard work can increase it. Turn to your neighbor, say neighbor. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. You better follow what Pastor is saying. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts him or trusts in him. Because he has sworn extravagantly and given to the poor. The kindness, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. 
verse 10. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow, so that the harvest of generosity will grow. You will be abundantly rich in every way as you give generously on every occasion. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at the King James, what he says, verse 10. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food and multiplies seed sown. So everything you ever get, there is seed and there is bread. I told you, don't eat avocado seed. When you don't eat avocado seed of your finances, you don't eat avocado seed of your finances. You blend it with juice. Blend it with juice. You don't eat avocado seed. Mnameza kila kitu na na mbegu. Na Mungu alidesign kila kitu na mbegu. Ndio usikule, ndio utupe, ndio ndio you saw it. Ha. Imagine you have been given a farm of avocados. Then the day of harvesting you eat all of them including the seeds. Umekula mkachemusha mkapea mpaka wanyama mkawachemshia mkakula wote. Next next harvest season you will be praying Mm. You know, be a prayer warrior. You be a prayer warrior. One who worries. Now, what I'm telling you was part of what God put in my heart to tell you. He told me people have made it trivial, and I'll show you. Glory to God. So you, it is by your living, and this year I'm going to be teaching you all, all of those things. It is by your upright living. You first offer yourselves, your bodies, a living sacrifice. You offer your whole self. By upright living, living a holy life is worship to God. Living upright is worship to God. Walking in love, all these things. Doing what he has told you is worship. Then there is prayer, praise, thanksgiving. Lifting up of your hands, worship. Hallelujah. Then there is giving, which is worship to. Which is what? Worship to. It is worship. And once in a while, let there be an element of sacrifice. Let it know that God is also in your budget. The day God will say, this one is mine. This is your dress that you love. Give your mother. And that dress you bought it last week. To wear for a wedding of your best friend. Because you are supposed to arrive well. Now God has said, give your mother. Who's not even coming for the wedding? You will know that God is the owner of the dress, not you. Hallelujah. People have eaten their seeds. You know, I discovered, when the Lord was teaching me this a few years ago, I discovered I mean, I mean, I'm where I, I was where I am because of what I had done. I didn't know. I didn't blame anyone. When I learned that day, oh boy, I became a sower. That's it. I became a what? So, anyone got to give, even if they are my brethren, I will do is a seed. I'm doing it as God has instructed. Anyway. We'll share more on that. So all these things is part of your priesthood, offering sacrifices. So this is our year of true worship. Yeah. Amen. True worship is not just singing. True worship is upright living, offering yourself first. And the Lord gave me a phrase, Jesus-centered living. Is a year of true worship. 
true. Genuine, he says, this is your act of genuine worship. When you live upright, you offer your bodies a living sacrifice. When you sing songs of worship to the Lord, not Masguembe, Yesu. You sing to the Lord, worship Him, speak words of adoration. That's what Masguembe is when Malika Mgani, Unatakusana Malika. Worship God genuinely. It's true worship. Give thanks to God. Say, lift up your hands. You don't know you're not a true worshiper. Same category of Masgwembe. Because you're? You're about the pocket. You're pocketing like this. If you knew there were hands that is waiting for you, your hands. If you can, you will jump and you'll go up, up, up the tent and lift it from there. So they can receive your worship first. True worship is Jesus-centered living. Yes, you see, I'll show you. People think worship is only singing. Oh, let's do praise and worship. And during the week, they've been insulting their boss and gossiping their colleagues and they're saying, which true worship is that one? There's no true worship there. That is the same as you want to come and offer to God. I say, you'll be asked, who are you lifting? That, that your tongue has put someone down. Who are you lifting now? Who? If you cannot forgive, that God cannot, cannot lead you and, and overwhelm you to forgive, yet you say, you're not a worshiper, you're lying. You offer yourself first. If you debate with what God has told you to, to release, either in church, to your pastor, to your mother. Do you know God can tell you to buy something for your mother and you're debating? I look when to my shopping. Oh, go go on a debate, a shopping yangu. You'll be amazed. That might be the last shopping you will see in the next one month. I'm telling you. And it's only by his mercy that it is one month. Others, it can be longer. But he knows nothing that leaves your hand leaves your life. Nothing. Remember the boy who gave how many loaves? Five loaves and how many fish? Those, it is said that those 12 basketfuls were given to the boy to go home with. How does that Because he was the one who sowed. He was the one who, did, who reaped a harvest. Why did God, there were many fishermen, why did Christ only tell Peter and his friends there to cast their net, their nets into the water? Because when he was preaching, he used his boat. So it is a boat that he has used that he will now tell them, the owner of the boat, to cast. The rest of you, you are with your boat parking. That's your business. It is this one that I have used his boat that I now tell him, have harvest. It's a principle that I've shown you. Day and night, summer and winter, sea time and harvest shall not cease. It shall always be there. True worship is Jesus-centered living. That's true worship. So it's not only singing. People think worship is only singing. That's why they missed it. Upright living is worship. Giving to God is worship. Obeying God is worship. Yielding to God is worship. Praising Him is worship. Singing to Him is worship. Fellowshiping with Him is worship. Serving Him is worship, my God. Serving because God receives the heart. You serve with your heart first. You give with your heart first. You sing from your heart first. Haven't you seen that this generosity overflowed from their heart first? That's what God receives. Not what is in your hand. If there's no connection with what is in your heart and your hand, God does not receive it. Because the Bible says he likes a cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. 
We serve God with our spirits, with our hearts. The personal translation says what? This is your genuine act of worship. So it's our year of true what? You know when you say true worship, even this one, I have to go and preach and explain to people. Because they, they, they think all we'll be doing is singing. No, we'll sing a lot actually. Yes. But we'll, we'll learn how to live a Jesus-centered life. We'll know that Jesus is Lord. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brethren, when he says you run, you run. No questions. Why? Because you are he owns you. Yes. Your life, you have offered your life to him because you're a priest. You're dedicated unto him. You're consecrated unto him. You're, you're not your own anymore. You have been bought with a price. The price is too heavy for you to even pay it back. So the least you can do is to serve him. Our year of true worship. Jesus-centered living. Jesus-centered living. When was the last time you consulted God before you, you, you took serious decisions? When was the last time you, you obeyed God in a very inconveniencing, in course situation? When was the last time? If you have not, you do not know him well enough for him to even tell you that. Has God told you to forgive people who have wronged you heavily? Does he even need to tell you, to be honest? Because his word has already said it. Your opinions will be set aside. You will live for him. You are sharing something where that day you were praising God. It was very prophetic. I don't know if you know what you're saying. That's why you say it's a year of glory. But it is as we offer him to worship, glory now will begin to manifest. What you are saying there was true. What you were saying that day here. And you should decide and live for him. It's true. It is true. When you when you live for him genuinely, you will see glory. You will see it. No explanation. Glory to God forevermore. People are trying to make it in life. Oh, let's, let's, let's ask hustle. Hustle till you make it. There are quotes all over. No one is telling you, seek first the kingdom. No one is telling you the truth. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. It is not sweat. Sweating is a curse. Hard work is good. But hard work in the blessing. You strive in grace. Work well and hard in what God has told you to work in. Hallelujah. Jesus-centered living. You will find that the ministry of angels is increasing in your life. People will begin to call you in the morning and say, I just felt I should bless you. You wonder how? How? It happens to me too. By the way, to be honest, it does. It's not because I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor since it was not happening. You can be going somewhere. Someone will bless. Even now, my butcher, I want to believe that he has offered me one animal to go and eat. He said it. I don't know if he's true. I need to confirm. I'm going to confirm today. He said you should come for your own one of my products. <laughs> that is favor. I don't say, ah, it's normal. You, which, which butcher has given you for free? I want to believe because that's what he told me. Well, if he tells me, I better sit by. But I want to believe that what, that's what he says. He says, come for your, have your chicken. New Year's. It's tomorrow. After I sleep, we have a service. Journey. <laughs> I want to believe that. Because <laughs> he told me to come for it. But anyway, apart from that, it happens to me. People call me. They bless me. They do what? Do you know someone giving you maybe 
you're in a line, let's in a bank. Then they tell you, go ahead of me. That is favor. And no But we say thank you, God, for favor. And the more you thank you, the more it increases. Even someone standing up for you to sit. Hi, that is favor. A small thing someone has given you. Do you know what it takes someone to give you something? One day, <laughs> someone called me and told me, the Lord has told me to give this amount. And me, I'm very wise. He sent to me. I asked him, is it for me or for the church? You know, some of you be like, ah, celebrate grace. Celebrate. Have I ever asked you before? Have I? I have. I don't say, ah, it has come. I say, is it? Is it? And the guy said, it's for the church. And I said to my pastor, I said, where? Why did God tell him? When you were suffering to pay 3000 before, why, why, why were these people not told? <laughs> One guy told me that he was sitting down and meditating. And the Lord began to show him that when he blesses him, that's what he was telling me, that he will come and partner with us in our land to build something. He has the church where he's going. It's not. <laughs> so it is not members that build church. It is Jehovah. We can be three. God forbid not be three in Jesus' name. We can be 1,000. And we'll have results of 10,000. We can be 10,000 and have, have results of 100,000. Why? One shall chase a thousand. Two shall put 10,000 to flight. Quickly. This worship, this is our year of true worship. You already know what true worship is, right? You already know what it is. Jesus centered living. And follow those three things, you, you, you will enjoy. Don't struggle to, to live upright. I told you the secret. Spend time with God then it gets easy to live upright. Don't try the other way around. You will suffer for nothing. Don't, don't go and swear oaths that you cannot keep. This is the last time, Father, Jehovah God. Don't, all those things lead them because you know yourself. And God knows you. The angels know you. Creation knows you. Even your own clothes, they know you. So leave all those business. Say, God, by your grace and your mercy, I receive help. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, apart from true worship, and pastor, my pastor taught us this in the conference, there's what you call tool worship. Tool worship, where things that God has blessed you with become the center of your focus. That is idolatry. Are you sure you know such people? You've met them. His car is, is, is actually done better than his children. Have, have, have said, it's a devil that my phone was stolen. It is you. Sometimes it is you that you worshipped it. So, angels step back. That armed robbers <laughs> can locate you. It's true now because you're watching, it's, it's idol. You're building an altar on your phone. Then others, it is their looks. They worship their looks. They can spend as much money to get rid of scar. Wait the day the church says you're buying chair. <laughs> hey. 
every time they are giving. And the person can spend 58,000 to put lotion to the mosque. Others, it their assets. Have you seen people who wake up every day to check their account? Yeah, because you're not sure whether this man will disappear. Hey, I don't know anywhere. <laughs> and if you don't know it is actually an idol, you start depending on it more than God. And if you want to know, the more it increases, the less you pray. Because now your strength is your finances. Ah, I'm set for any emergency. There are things called spiritual emergencies. There's no amount of money. Eh? No amount of money. <laughs> you don't know spiritual emergency. Spiritual emergency. That requires God to help you. Hallelujah. That is tool worship. Things. People worship their career. Others worship their business. Others, they worship their, sh- their clothes. I can't believe I'm the one who owns this tool. Wow. Wow. Glory. Glory to God. He's there. <laughs> that is why angels will arrange a sneak uh, asleep at midday. The day you sleep, they have robbers come. And they don't come for shoes, they came for clothes. Because it is becoming an idol. And God is jealous. Don't, don't, because say, this is the devil. Who told you? Okay, if you met the father of John the Baptist, damn, he's, he's writing to you, I had a visitation from an angel. And you're there, no weapon fashioned against you. Shall prosper. How can you be damn? I will open, he's an angel that made him damn. Because how could how where does he get the audacity and effrontery to not believe God? Who is he? He cannot believe God. Bam! Because if the angel has, is the one who has struck you, who will you go to for help? It's not demon that has struck you. So you have to enjoy the damnness. You now start to plan your life around not speaking. You understand? Because now it is God that they, uh, the angel is responsible for your troubles. Oh yeah, so what will you do now? Because of unbelief. He believed in other things other than God. That is what? I know that. Can you believe in the strength of man more than God? It's called tool worship. It's called what? Tool worship. Things, assets. That is how now God does. He allows you to worship it. You worship your phone. Then He tells you, "Go and give your brother that phone." Nakona phone tatu. Namu na kumbi hiyo kuhusu eno piasim. Iwe na taku saidia. Because you have worshipped it. You worship your money so long. You worship it. It is like a shrine. You gather around it. The God, that is tool worship. No wonder there's no power. There's no glory. Tool worship. God has been replaced by things. Titles, jobs, businesses. Then you hear them saying, I'm a self-made. Self-made. 
zako zimeanza wewe ulijiza hata kuna juu ulikuwa pekee blotoke na unyalukuza kwa najua hata ni wewe unakuja walikuwa sasa eh ono eh aya wewe unafanana naye tumite andrew aya sawa you didn't know it was you actually as we used to think it was a lady is a boy praise god they didn't know it was you you also surprised them and you come and say i'm a self made eh eh if god allowed you to be born in the days of the israelites fighting giants hey you will you be saying self made in heaven on the throne having left the earth saying self made are you god have built everything i have this church is i'm not the builder i'm an employee here are you aware I can say I'm founder but the founder is founding through me he's, he's the owner he's not me the founder so if he says this tent should face like this that the following morning you come and find the face the face of the tent has changed if he says change name to weapons of our warfare not canon you will find that we will change it is <laughs> not my church whether you live or go is none of my business me will not be because there as I left church this side you are being judged I left church where are the ashes where are the ashes Frank why is the keyboardist stand down judge this church is oh, everyone on his own you will be asked your questions me I will come and give an account for you and say sir this one was a really good person this one we thank you lord this one we thank you thanks and adoration to your name because of this one leave it leave it why is even by himself don't have things let me help you don't have things the thing that you hold on to is what you lose and uh, it's not a prophecy he that keeps his life will lose it who said it true if you let go of it you will gain life eternal leave this other one some of you god has told you leave certain friends who say god that's my connection you are telling hey <laughs> yeah. people have matured in this life you are telling Jehovah the one who made the man that this is your divine connection you are telling the divine that this is your divine hey. we should appoint you office you're not your office should be bigger than you should be the ark, ark bishop of bishops not here in heaven not here <laughs> it's my connection Lord leave this man God he's a good man he's a good heart you, which, which lens did you use to see her that God cannot use He has a good heart lord don't marry this one god she's beautiful I'm talking with my wife saying you build marriage on the platform of asanda you know what asanda is what god has put together let no man put you have already put yourself asanda even before you begin because it is hips that have directed your marriage you say ah i love her hips god and marry this one A man of God was giving a story. A man of God gave a story that one of his brethren came with the lady. Say pastor, pray for me to marry this one. He didn't come to ask. Pastor, we think you're getting married. Say no no pray for me as though was the man of God to stamp. You know, people sometimes use us as stamp as though we work for government clerk. You want to get married. He's not born again, but he'll get born again in future, right? Amen. He's a he's, he's an atheist. Ah. Don't worry, you'll help him. You have power. You are bigger than everything. We stamp. So this man came and said, "Ah, sir. Hey, 
He told the man, hey, I'm seeing this lady. Oh, yeah. Please. And you know, when you've gone too deep, you think you're deeper than God. You see, that's the challenge. I've already done everything, Lord. I've done every, every traditional thing. So you're deeper than God. You think in heaven they're caring about your vain traditions of giving uh, Muratina. The Lord himself is bigger than any tradition of man. He's bigger. So, this man went and told his fiance, you know what? Pastor said we should live on another. You see, even him is always. Because he's not man enough to take, he's a boy, to take the blame. Ah, we are living this thing. Says, my pastor has said. So you, your pastor is on that. Hey. The woman insulted the pastor. Sorted. Then the fool went and married there. Was insulted, huh? He's his pastor. Then he called his pastor and said, man of God. We got married, though. And you know, us as men of God, we can play along with your foolishness. You say, ah, well done. Glory to God. Oh, we thank God. What God has put together? No man. But you know God has not put this one together. You know it. But let no man. Because you've insisted. Guess what? After a while, they came and found his, eyes, his house locked. They broke down the door. They found the man dead, poisoned. The woman has cleaned the whole house, stole his money and his car. She was the hunter of dear life. Have you seen where the strange woman is called the hunter of life? Man, men's meeting, I'll teach you these things. You think it's cut that is working? He's a hunter of life. Hey? People who want life. Oh. Lest your wealth be given to strangers and is is cut. How is wealth as cut entering? You will understand. Solomon, the one who had many scats, is one telling you. Both by revelation and by experience. Say, I refuse to worship things. That's tool worship. The second type of worship. These are the two bad ones. The first one is true worship. Then these two are bad. Tool worship. Then trivial worship. Pastor said what? Trivial? What is trivial worship? You are neither here nor there. You, you have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That is as far as God goes in your life. As if you were. Amen. That's as far as God goes in your life. Trivial worship is that one. Your, it, is, it is worship of hypocrisy. You hold grudges which every 10 years. Never forgive this person. Yet, you want to worship God. That is trivial. You have one foot in, one foot out. You know God prefers people who are cold to people who are lukewarm. He says, I, I would rather you are hot or cold. But since you're lukewarm, he didn't say that when it's cold, it spit you out. He'll try and heat you up. But when you're lukewarm, you have refused to choose your side. Pretense. You serve God. Beginning of the year. Remember in high school, those people used to come to church when, when exams is closed. Exam in Caribbean honor. Kohol. service. Oh, they are crying. I'm a cool enter. Four years. I need to pass. I need to pass Fasihi. And said to book, Father, help me pass that book, Lord. Father, and God. Because you didn't know, He showed you mercy. <laughs> Thomas, isn't it true? We used to we observe in our high school. Because me, I was in CU. I was an official. 
the day to the exam, we used to park. People are parked. Parked. You know, they think God does not see them. But because we were, we were still young, we were ignorant. God showed us mercy and people still did well. But you can't continue to live like that for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. People who remember their pastor in times of trouble. Pastor, pray for me. And if I see your call, I have to be alert in the spirit. Pastor is warfare. Pastor, just pray. Pray about what? Just pray, Pastor. Me, I'll go to sleep. I'm not God. You're not telling me what to pray about. So me, I should now first labor to find out what the issue is. And you already know it. Tell me what the issue is. It's trivial. But your pastor is the one who you only consult in terms of crisis. At the times day, you know, when I turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, pastor in the Caribbean, my bad. If I see you in Pesa, I have to clear my eyes first and wash. And go past you and say, is this brother so and so? Is it truly him? Because I've never seen how your name looks like. I'm not saying, listen, don't feel bad. Uh, repent if you're feeling bad. I'm saying that it's trivial worship. <laughs> it's trivial. Just turn me around, amen. I call she does I just call pastor, amen. Bonus for some. But it will change this year, amen. Trivial worship is what? It is you are a publicist of the world. Yet you say, Jesus is Lord. Have you seen people when they're posting a photo for the New Year's? They're saying, When I say, Thank God, He saw us through the year. God did not see you anyway. You saw yourself. Continue, continue carrying yourself in the next year. Do you know how easy it is to carry yourself? You want to know how easy it is to carry yourself? Put yourself in a bag and then carry it. Smoja jipak tu kumfuka afu jibebe. Ukiweza kujar, ukwambia you in the wrong place. You to be in heaven. You can't carry yourself. You have to be carried. <laughs> so don't be trivial worship trying to do this for yourself and then anytime the challenge you remember God. And there are people as a pastor I know this one will enter trouble. I know it. I I know for a fact it's not a prophecy. Why? Ndo huko huko na bitterness na amekasirikia mama yake baba yake amekasirikia watu huko asemeani huyo ndo huyo anatukana na huko barabara amemaliza anakuja. Lenta problems. Trivial worship. You can buy anything but you can't give anything. That's trivial worship. It is pretense. This year we have to be blatant and honest. Are we together? Yeah. You can buy anything of any worth but you can't give God anything of any worth. When is the last time you gave God something that shocked you? Not that shocked you of your stinginess. Of, you know that this you can give God say, hey, you give the one that shocks your generosity. You're like, ay! That's what it means to be sacrificed. It's called a victim. When is the last time that your wallet was a victim to God's kingdom? When was the last time? Why is it that anytime you want to do something, you have to announce ten times you are giving for land. <coughs> you are giving <coughs> land, land, land. Why? One time is enough. 
Tumekoho huko na matest tumekoholia huko remember remember land As though you don't know that you're supposed to be for this life See just receive it with grace amen What I'm saying you can give even 50 bob doesn't matter but if your heart is in it God will bless you People have given phones here right Bells, shoes clothes we we've sold them We have But it's, it is trivial worship. Right now, do you know how much is going to be spent on alcohol today? Tr- trust me. If we compare how much will be spent on sherehe today and how much will be given in churches all over Kenya, which one is more? I want to believe that it is offering. I want to. And I pray it is offering. But most people will spend. Some people who come to church, they will not give to God. Then they will live here and go and eat a meal of 1500. And they didn't go give God an offering in church. Those are trivial worshipers. Can't you never say neighbor? Offer God true worship. Not trivial worship, not tool worship. This is what has entered the glory of God in people's lives. They don't see it. They don't see it. It's supposed to be natural that you flow in his glory. It's supposed to be natural that his power flows through you. It's supposed to be natural. How can you not walk in love and expect to heal the sick? How? Unaambia mgonjwa anamongezea magonjwa. Ungemwacha? Unaambia sasa question kwanza kama Mungu anaweza kuponya. Wewe ndio umeletea shida yote. Because why? You don't walk in love. If your heart is not pure, you don't walk in love. How can you heal? Healing is based on love, compassion. Trivial worshipers. And it's time to put an end to these things. That's what the Lord says this coming year is a year of what? True Jesus centered living everything is up everything Christ when you see when you sing Jesus at the center of it all you mean it is not a story he can stop your plans one man of God was saying he was traveling to another place in the airport God told him don't travel he left his bags at the airport he even forgot it in obeying God he left his bags you can say no no he ticket says he end I won 100000 as man he end that is when you land you be arrested at raising prayer point from prison cell in Saudi Arabia I'm asking to labor for you to be released. Family that God told you when you are still on your own country, don't enter you say I want to enter. Trivial worship. Trivial. Can he stop you? Can he hijack your plan? Trivial worship is when your ambitions is bigger than God's plan for you. You say I don't you know someone told me I don't want to get so deep in God because if I get too deep, I don't want to get I want to keep at this. He thinks God is is like, like playing Ludo with him. I just want to be not close enough to be burned. Fine enough to feel the heat but not to be burned. Something else will burn you from behind. And will chase you to the one that we are avoiding to burn you. It's true. True worship is important. And this is what we're going to be focusing in the whole year. So this year make a point to live a Jesus centered life. Be genuine in your worship, in your praise, in your giving. Obey his instructions. He will tell you more things as you keep obeying him. Amen. And he will do great things for you. And he will not do it at the time that you want. That's also trivial worship. You want God to do what you want when you when you want him to do it. He's not God is not in your judgment. Hallelujah. Let him do things that he wants to do. You be at his bidding. You are the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord. That means you are a waiter. Can you send a waiter for pork? He brings you beef and you smile at one another. When we teach a chicken and come and Akasema hii ni hii si kuku lakini kuku na kulanga hii. 
Alafu anakulipa the same day. Mtacheka? Sema wewe is the manager. That's how some of you managers are being called every time. If God was to call manager, you will have called him many times. Where is the manager? You're supposed to wait on me. Let me send you. Bring me this. You bring it. You don't bring your own. Say this uniform is not right. You change it. He's the one demanding. Talk like this. Then when you serve him well, what happens? He gives you tip. As people now, they are the ones tipping God. God is not tipped. He's given. <laughs> Amen. The word tithe is actually derived from a word that means a debt that, that is owed. Every time my lands in your hands, straight. Straight. But I'll teach you those things. Open your mouth and thank God. You will pray for yourself. I want you to pray for yourself. You say, Father, I will not go the path of tool worship. I will not go the path of trivial worship. I will go the path of true worship. That is Jesus centered living. True worship. True worship. Jesus centered living. That he is the one who will guide you. He is the one who will say what should be done and you will do it. He can tell you pause and you will pause even though you already planned for it. Why? Because he is God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord just reminded me, I was supposed to read you a certain story here. Hallelujah. It's from a book I was reading about angels. It's called the Angel Book. Hallelujah. Let me read for you quickly. So this man of God was preaching in a church. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you gotten something? I want to release you in a minute. You go home. Tomorrow you start to worship. You'll be here. So we, he's saying, we all sense in our spirits that something fantastic was going to happen that night. We could hardly wait to get back to the church to, church to see how God was going to move. There was great anticipation at the start of the evening meeting with an awareness of the presence of God in an unusual way. Suddenly, a prophecy came forth saying that fire would come down from heaven that very night. The excited mounted. You just don't sit down and say, all right, God, send those angels. I'm going to wait until you do. No, we conducted the service just like we normally do. I won't say I was on edge, but I would say I was a little more sensitive to the spirit of God because I kept looking around and wondering, where are the angels going to come? When are the angels going to come? We spoke that night on the subject of total commitment to God and holy living. This is almost along the lines of what you share. Don't you neighbor as a neighbor? A neighbor, total commitment. Because in these last days, those qualities are extremely important in our lives. Our lives must be set apart from the rest of the world and holy because we don't involve ourselves with the things of the world. I waited and waited and we talked and talked. And I began to wonder whether or not the angels were really going to make an appearance after all. Where did the doubt come from? Satan. 
Satan, of course, we made an invitation at the end of the service for the people who wanted to make a total commitment to God to come forward. <coughs> and as, as they were coming forward, without any fanfare, without any advance warning, in came the first angel, blowing a horn that looked like a trumpet. He had wings and was not nearly as large as the angel that watches over us. This apparently was a signal for the other angels to come and in the twinkling of an eye, there were angels all over the place. It was a service. The only angel that I saw with wings was the first angel with the trumpet. The rest just moved through the space, took their positions, and then stationed themselves over certain individuals. It was very fascinating because each angel had a pair of tongues. You know tongues? The one they used to turn meat. And in those tongues, there were live burning coals of fire. In Isaiah 6, verse 6 to 7, where Isaiah had, uh, had a vision in which a seraphim, an angel with wings, flew over to him, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched them, my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. After that cleansing and purification, Isaiah could answer God's call by responding, Here I am, send me. Not everyone in the service could see the angels, but I could, so I just followed God's instructions. I walked over and touched a young man where an angel was hovering. As soon as I touched him on the lips, the angel placed the call of fire on his lips and then immediately departed. The young man fell under the power of God and instantly began to speak in tongues. He had just been converted and didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As I walked through the audience, directed by the Holy Spirit, I was so excited to feel the presence of God. The holiness of the angels was also something awesome. As I would see an angel hovering over this one, and then another angel over another one, and then over another one, an interesting fact surfaced. The angels did not place the call on the lips of all the people involved. They were just at attention of an individual. They didn't place calls on anybody's lips until I walked over and touched the person very lightly on the mouth. Not everyone got a call. I didn't understand it. All I knew was that I was the only that I was only to go to the people that God showed me had an angel standing over them with a live call. I felt that God was anointing them to really take the message of the full gospel out and carry it to the world. But the funny thing is that many of the people whom I felt would receive the call did not receive a call. However, I only touched the lips of those directed by the angels. Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing and during this trial, I was walking carefully in this pattern, in his pattern. Suddenly, the Spirit of the Lord led me to the pastor who was sitting on the platform. There was an angel there, and as I touched the pastor on the lips, God said to me, the biggest call is for him. And as I related this to him, he really got excited, and so did I. Then I went over and touched the lips of the associate pastor and his wife, and he fell under the power. While he was on the floor, he reached up to fill his lips. Later, he told me that he felt like I had hit him in the mouth with a two-by-four. He thought his mouth was bleeding because he felt such impact of power. Two by four. Amen. Some of the angels left with the same cause they had brought. They left with the same one they had brought. Then God gave to Charles, Charles was someone there, a tremendous prophetic word. Some of these angels, this is what he said, some of these angels will visit you between two and three o'clock in the morning and some of you who did not receive calls will receive a message. You see that? After God is so kind and gracious, and a prophetic utterance after a prophetic utterance like that, everybody wanted to go home and jump into the bed and get ready for the angels. I have wondered since then if more supernatural things happen in the right, 
in, in that night that actually happened at the meeting. Just to show you that God had everything planned in advance. We were not scheduled, scheduled to speak at, at this church the following night. But God had graciously given us an open night between engagements. The pastor pleaded with us and begged us to stay over. We had the night open and we were available. So we agreed. And then we understood why God had given us an extra night. You see now, he had planned to go to preach for certain days. God had arranged for him to stay longer. You must be yielded on this. Amen. Look at this. No sooner had we gotten to the meeting the next night than a lady came running in with a sack that looked like, glo like groceries. She gave them to me and said, here, I don't ever want this again. When she, when, when she had asked God the night before, see, they were told the angels would come and, tell, and give you a message if you do not receive a what? A call. So this one, the angel had come and she had asked God the night before why she and her husband did get a call on their lips to give them a special anointing. The only thing God said to her was cigarettes. During the night, the angel came to this lady and said, the call is for you when you give the cigarettes to God. Is the cigarettes in there? It is, it is since this time. And since before. There are things that might not even look as serious, but they are. Upright living. Amen. But I told you, don't struggle with it. There's grace. I'll teach you how to flow in that grace. Amen. <coughs> I looked in the sack and discovered she had brought nine unopened packages of cigarettes and laid them on the altar of God. It was a wonderful exchange, isn't it? They gave up an addiction for a call of fire from the altar of God. There's another woman who came that night who told me an interesting story after the meeting. The way God does these things sometimes is almost unbelievable. That night, God led me to talk on a very interesting subject from Numbers chapter 12 about Miriam um, speaking against Moses after Mo Moses married an Ethiopian woman. You know that story? You know it? And Miriam spoke against who? Moses. So God had everything that Miriam had said. They were favored of God, Aaron and Miriam, but they decided that they would like to criticize one of their brothers. The Bible goes on to say that Moses was very humble. And it goes on. So let me jump to where the story That's what happens when, when you begin gossiping about people. God lives. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous. Because she gossiped God. God let her become leprous. God let her, allowed it. Satan came in and struck her. God allowed it. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had no reason to be sharing this story except that God told me to. The penalty for gossiping is spiritual leprosy. Beloved, in the Christian world today, if you could just remember that when we hear a juicy little tidbit of gossip about some ministry or person, we shouldn't repeat it. We should pray for them. When we are hearing gossip, it's an indication that that particular ministry or person needs prayer. When the service of was over, a woman came out to me at the book table and she said, do you know what? Last night at 2.30 in the morning, God came into my room and spoke one word. He spoke the word Miriam. I didn't understand. She understood as a thought because she had been extremely envious of somebody in the church. She was probably guilty of talking against them because God said the one word to her, Miriam. Hallelujah. There was another young man in service who disciple who missed the calls, but God gave them after they left those things. There was another young man in that service who had, years before, had stolen a diamond ring. 
He had been in a hospital for the criminally insane. So after Maybach, the police arrested him. He swallowed the ring and they couldn't find it. But he later retrieved it only to have it stolen from him. What he stole. God woke him up at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, you might think you don't owe for that ring because it was stolen from you. But you still do. Immediately, the congregation generously took up an offering to allow him to make a resolution. Hallelujah. So some of these things were hindrances. That is why we live upright. Amen. Praise God. One more time, open your mouth and thank God. Father, we thank you for the word of the year. Because in a few hours we'll be crossing over by your grace and mercy. We thank you because this is our year. This new year of 2023 is our year of true worship. That is Jesus-centered living. We reject tool worship. We reject trivial worship. We live in true worship. For the glory and honor of your name. All glory and honor. Adoration. Be unto you, O Lord. Thank you, Father. You are faithful and true. Gracious and kind. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Take out your offerings. Okay. Where is the...